We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, Jonathan Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Told you silly season was coming. Uh, you thought you could avoid it. No, 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 no. Whether you, you could run, you could hide. You cannot escape the truth that the NBA is just it's madness. Andrew Claudio, do you disagree with that? Uh, no disagreement here whatsoever. And any feelings we have toward what the news is being reported, or what rumors are being <laughs> said are out there uh, as as a as a biased observer, as an unbiased observer, there's nothing that compares to the NBA offseason. Absolutely nothing. Not even close. Um, we'll get to what the news of the news was to start the week in a second. First, I should say um, pretty big deal today coming on the pod. Uh, if you have watched college basketball at any point over the last uh, 20 plus years, you have seen and heard this person. Um, he is uh, one of the faces of CBS College Hoops. He also writes uh, for The Athletic. He's their senior basketball writer, I believe. Uh, he is as in tune with the college game as anyone out there. Seth Davis joined us for... Uh, a really, really interesting conversation. I, I didn't. I obviously I would have loved to pick his brain about you know every draft prospect, but uh, we were a little bit limited with time, so I wanted to get his opinion on the guys that I felt uh, were you know most relevant to the Knicks, but also uh, there was you know there's there's some uncertainty about it. There's some some things that are are out there that I think people want to hear different opinions on. So stay tuned for that. We had a really good conversation. Um, but before we get to that, 
I mean, should we be surprised? Are you were you surprised? So that's actually my first that's my first question. Were you surprised? You're the one that's a little more plugged in than I am. I I gotta be honest, when I saw the Shams tweet about Kyrie and the impasse, and then the Lakers and Knicks are mentioned. Something triggered that like I've heard this before, and I didn't know if it was just from like one ago? of the pods. Well, uh, well, yes, 2019 was a time, but like yeah, if it was, if it was recently, like on the playbacks or when we were off mic, or whether it was one of the national pods, I couldn't tell if it was like people that I'm close to, like you, or no, I mean, it was like, someone. Like, did I, you were had you heard this before today? Is my point. <sighs> Look, I, I, I let me choose my words carefully here. Okay. <sighs> Figuring out the Knicks and what their intentions are and what they want to do is not rocket science. Um, I think sometimes, and I have been victim to this every time there has been a, a regime change where, you know, sometimes we we like to think that the next group of people, they are the ones who will be holier than thou. And they are the ones that will have certain standards that they will not bend or break or go beneath to acquire talent, which, <laughs> as we know, from professional sports, was watching sports. It, it, it's all about acquiring talent. I don't care who, what team you root for. I don't care what sport you love. We'll be. I'll be able to find somewhere in that transaction log over the years a moment where that team, mm-hmm. whatever, who didn't matter, didn't matter who the GM was, who the owner is, where that team looked at the, a situation, and said, "You know what? Can't pass this one up. We're going to go for this." Um, and the Knicks are not above that. So the notion that a an organization that has been as star driven, I mean. As any, certainly as any franchise outside the Lakers over the last 75 years, the difference is the Lakers have had a lot more success with it. But the Knicks have made it just as overt efforts to bring stars into their ecosystem really ever since the early days of, of their existence, um, mm-hmm. you know, which was fun homework to go back and do, you know, researching top 75 players in their history. But like, yeah, they've always gone for stuff, you know, where it was just like, we got to get, we got to get a star in here. We got to get a star in here. Um, hasn't often worked out. Uh, and now, so, so this is a very long winded way of, of saying like, did I have any like inside info that this was going to be a thing? Eh, maybe not really, but I I was not surprised in the least. They what do me and Jeremy get on here and talk about literally every fucking every fucking week? What do we talk about? It's the same thing. Do, do you think they're not having the same conversations? And that, now we should note Ian Begley in a follow up report to the Shams report reported that um, there are, I think, something I don't want to mince his words, but there were there are members of the organization who do not think it's a good idea to bark up the Kyrie Irving tree. And I should hope so. I am. What you you want to jump in? No, just like that is a consistent theme with this front office. It seems that there's like mixed opinion. this side and that side on yeah. every single issue. Which honestly, they're supposed to be. And then Leon, based off of the the discourse amongst his cabinet, then makes a decision. Now, do, 
I think, and I just, I'm in the process of writing something for Tuesday's newsletter. That's going to basically, you know, get, get at the, get at the heart of this. I think with this front office and we've, we've been, we've been fond of saying this as well. Value is really the key driver in a lot of their decision-making, if not all of their decision-making. So for me, it really does come down to, well, if the Knicks could somehow get Kyrie Irving without giving up anything that they don't, you know, anything they really care about or giving up very little of what they care about, do I think they would do it in a heartbeat? I think they would do it. And I think they would acquire the talent and they would figure out the rest later. If it's going to cost some real stuff, but that's different. Yeah. I, I, I think it's fascinating that I, so like the, the mandate for players and entertainers is gone. And like game one against the Celtics did happen. And like, so like we didn't need the game basketball one, though, reasons. We what didn't need game one. Like just again, for anybody who is, is just despises him as a person. I'll get to that in a moment, but just as a basketball player, just look at the oh. numbers. Yeah. I'm not even saying like like he had a 61 point game or whatever, a 60 point game against the Magic this year. Like I, my point was gonna be like the basketball reasons are a plenty to yes. go get a Kyrie Irving, obviously, you know, and it's because there's no he can only play road games uh, mandate anymore. Like you'd really have to be somebody that people don't like if universally I could not find like an opinion out there that was like, yes, go um, get Kyrie Irving, New York Knicks, which is why I like you. You know how difficult it is for Knicks Twitter to agree universally on something. And like I, I'm privy to the fact that Knicks Twitter is not everybody, but I don't know a Knicks fan or Knicks person. Like uh, I don't know anybody that has an interest in the Knicks that was like, go get him, which says a lot about how much Kyrie has soured uh, just everybody on him that a, a talent like that, as we both agree, the Knicks would go get. I, I just I don't think I've seen anything like this, and this I'm isn't gonna, like a Deshaun Watson thing where you don't want that di- different kind of distraction. I want. I was about to say it's not that. I was about to but say, but it's different. You know, it is not the Deshaun Watson situation. In that, if a nine-year-old in Tulsa, Oklahoma, asks dad for a new Kyrie Irving Knicks jersey next year. Dad may have some personal misgivings about having an Irving jersey in their house. Um, It's not going to be a flat out no, which Mm -hmm. is going to be the case if like some kid in I would hope and guess if some kid in Cleveland asked for a Deshaun Watson jersey for Christmas this year. Especially Especially the fact that he may never play basketball or football again. (laughs) Especially if you know, kid in Cleveland asks mom for oh, well, a new Deshaun Watson jersey. He, here's know? my point. I have three questions for you. If Kyrie Irving gets traded to the Knicks tomorrow, um, will his jersey, his Knicks jersey, be in the top 10 highest selling NBA jerseys next year? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, if Kyrie Irving gets traded to the Knicks and they're a decent team, we're not even going to talk about the basketball because we're not going to talk about the basketball part of it. Let's say they're a decent team. We'll go on that assumption. Will MSG sell out every every night? Yeah. That, okay. They're, they're gonna sell out if Derek Rose is a starting point guard. And if Leon Rose and World Wide West and Brock Aller and Walt Perrin and whoever else is there making decisions figure out a way to 
um, get one more piece in the door. Um, and this team, a team with Kyrie Irving goes on to, I don't know, win a playoff series, win a couple playoff series. At that point, let's put Nick's Twitter aside. Cause I think Nick's Twitter is about what? Five, 10% of Nick's fandom. Yeah. What, what percentage of average Nick fans do you think are going to be upset about that situation? I honestly wonder if now it, it does come down a lot to Kyrie not telling everybody how much smarter he is than them, but like we'll all be forgiven if like winning rehabilitates so much in any, any situation. So like you go through, you go through different reports about when Spreewell came here and his reputation when he first became a Nick after what happened in golden state and you know, how quickly a run to the finals rehabilitated his image. He's beloved by this fan base across the board. It's my favorite Nick. So I wonder if Kyrie does the same, like honestly gets the Knicks to the second round and then gives whoever a, a run for their money in that second round. We will we be like, man, we got one over on the nets. He's our guy. And I, I just, I wonder if that rehabilitates him, which I want to be clear, the rehabilitation. I don't know if it's tough to say rehabilitation because Kyrie's never, never choked his coach. Kyrie's not like, it's just a person I don't want to root for. Having said that, the example of of the dad of the kid in in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and asking dad for a Kyrie jersey among kids, he is like oh the guy. You know, you know I, this is a teacher. I'm sure you see Kyrie stuff all the time. It was him and him and Steph. Yeah, uh, and I'll throw LeBron in there. Him, Steph, and LeBron over the seven years that I've been in the classroom. Those are the three. When you factor in when you factor in sneakers, when you factor in jerseys, when you factor in backpacks, you have all the different shit. Yeah, top three. So it, he's really got to be like that much of a, a I don't even know what the word is to use, whether so, it's a clown so, or whatever, but like but the, the way the, he rubs people the wrong way. And again, to supersede all the basketball stuff is amazing, you know? So here's the issue, right? If we were talking about Dwight Howard, not late career Dwight Howard, who whose talent um, made him not well, although teams keep signing him. Um, but for argument's sake, he, he's not worth the trouble and he's a noted clown. Mm-hmm. Dwight Howard was a clown as far back as, as when he was in Orlando that, you know, you, you dealt with that, right? If you were the magic or, or when the rockets acquired him or even when the Lakers acquired, like you dealt with that. We're not talking about a clown or a fool. We are talking about a fool. Let me be very blunt about mm-hmm. that. He's a fool. Earth is round. Yeah. Actually, let me be even more, more clear. And I'm I'm not going to get political on on the intro to a fucking basketball podcast. But <laughs> okay, fools are are it's 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 annoying to have to deal with ignorant people. I don't like ignorance. I don't care if, as you know, as you well know, I don't care for ignorance. There's only one thing worse than being ignorant and that's knowing better and ignoring it i believe kyrie irving is a smart human being i believe he's really smart actually um and i think he i don't think he uses his power for good let's just say that Mm -hmm. and uh and i will just leave it there as far as the basketball component and that's why i want to push back on one thing you said before which is that the like the basketball aspect of it. I don't think you can separate Kyrie Irving 
the basketball player from Kyrie Irving, the person, because basketball like and we saw it last year play out with the Nets. And I mean, you see it play out every year, like in terms of the teams that have what it takes to win a title, like there is a certain amount of togetherness that is required and like faith in the fact that you're you're you know your brother is going to be there to fight the next war with you and i understand the mandate is lifted and all that but like Kyrie Irving's not like who who wants Kyrie Irving in a foxhole mm-hmm. with him and who is going to and like you you need to have that foxhole mentality if you're going to go and and win four playoff rounds like yes the lebron did it with Kyrie and that was i think a man LeBron did it. Maybe we should just stop there. LeBron did it. The second greatest player of all time figured out a way to do it. After Draymond hit him in the nuts and got suspended, LeBron mm-hmm. did it. Um, man, how? I, what if Kyrie never gets a chance to hit that shot? How are we talking about him as a, a player then? I, there's, yeah, I've, I've heard the, the comp before. Like, if that, if LeBron never goes back to Cleveland, are we talking about, about, Kyrie, oh, the way I, we talk about like man. Russ or the like Stefan oh, Marbury worse. way back in the day. Um, I, I think I think there's real. Mar- well, he's more talented than Marbury, mm-hmm. but I think we're I think there's Marbury potential there. Maybe just an elevated to an elevated degree. That's that's my thing, right? Is you can't you can't just have the well if we separate out everything else, um, you know. And then there are actual basketball issues. Like he's someone who doesn't seem to want to play defense anymore. That's kind of a big deal. It's not nothing. <laughs> so. We've talked about how like our reaction to it would be and why we don't want it to happen. Now there's the other side of like, is this, is this really in play Are the Knicks just being mentioned in a leverage Um, play as part of a report? Cause the Lakers make sense. They have a contract and Russ that they're trying to move. I think as well. And obviously their windows now that a Kyrie Irving trade would make sense. You know, I think, um, I think it behooves Irving's camp to mention the Knicks for this reason. And shout out to Fred Katz, who wrote a really nice article on this on, on Monday. Um, the Knicks, it would, I mean, God, it would take moving heaven and earth to get under the cap to be able to sign Kyrie to a max contract, but they can do it. Like there's enough teams out there that have cap space. Um, the Thunder have cap space left that they have until the draft to, or actually, excuse me, until, until July 1st um, or June 30th, whatever it is uh, to use, you know, well, I don't know what it would cost. It would cost the Knicks, you know, two first round picks, three first, round, whatever it would cost the Knicks. That possibility is out there. If the Knicks go away as a place that Kyrie wants to go and the, the, the Nets are not stupid. They know he's not going to sign with Orlando or Detroit or San Antonio or what these mm-hmm. other teams. Um, then it only leaves the Clippers and Lakers and the Clippers and Lakers. The only way you do it is via trade. So I think it, at least mentioning the Knicks does put a little bit more power in Irving's hand. Um, is, is that the only reason the Knicks are mentioned? I have, I have no idea, but I do think it's, it's smart to mention the Knicks for that reason. I think, look, if any Knicks fan that, panicked because we we saw a lot of the reaction shout out to i i don't know the twitter user's name but responded to jeremy i think quote tweeted jeremy like cap or no cap the carrier Irving plan and like jeremy responded with no i responded with how about no and just again the the reaction that our our mentions got of like please say psych to this report 
nothing has changed. We are like even you and I are figuring out how to talk about this this week. Like, do we now go get a Nets guy? Do we did, do we go emergency live stream because of this report? And it was just like nothing's changed just yet. There's no still about the draft this week. The Jaden Ivy stuff is very real. Well, so I'm happy you said that, and that'll be our last point before we get to Seth. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the here's where I ultimately land on this. Like, you know me, I try to look at this stuff as objectively as possible. I can't. I'm not capable of putting my personal feelings about Kyrie aside. If it was a smart deal, I would get on here and I would say, you know what? It's a smart deal, even with the risks of him as like a human being and like quitter mm-hmm. and like all of the other, you know, he's at risk to go and, um, I don't know, spend three months in Tibet or whatever yeah. bullshit. He will have nuked his second, his third straight situation yeah. on the what, way out. Like Cleveland was competing for titles. Boston thought they were competing for titles. Yes. Brooklyn thought they were competing for titles. Why would you want to trade everything for this guy? If they, well, no, but even if it's not everything, even if they made a deal where it was like, even factoring in those risks, it was a, it was a smart on paper Mm -hmm. deal. I'd get on here and I'd be like, okay, if you're Leon Rose, you have, well, you don't have to do this, but like, I get it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would try my best to put my personal feelings about Kyrie Irving, the human being aside. One, I don't think that that's going to be possible because there you're you're not going to be able to lowball your way into this one if you're mm-hmm. the Knicks. That's number one. Number two, there's a guy on the board in Jaden Ivey who we're not. We just talked about him for a while, so we're not going to do a whole Jaden Ivey thing. But like, I don't know what the cost is going to be to go up and get him, but I feel pretty confident that it's not going to cost as much as it would either to do a sign and trade with the Nets for Kyrie Irving or to move the salary to sign Kyrie Irving outright. And if you're the Knicks and you're like sitting here and wondering, well, okay, when, when are we doing this big move? What's the best big move to do? I, I want to be very clear about this. Jaden Ivey might not be a good basketball player in the NBA. We have no freaking clue because mm-hmm. there have been higher picks than he's going to go that have gotten to the NBA and just failed. You know, there have been athletic, super athletic guys who have gone to the NBA and just like failed. Um, that said, I know what I'd do if I were them. And boy, man, there is just, there's too much smoke out there w- with Ivy to not be, there's, there's, so, they are, tr- I don't know what, I don't know how realistic it is. I have zero idea how realistic it is. They are trying though. They're trying. The, there's something that Berman said uh, in the conversation he had with Chris and it was like a hint about how he's CAA, how Jaden Ivey's agent is, he is a CAA client and how like suddenly Obi Toppin fell to eight when it, Obi Toppin was in that draft when it was mocked that he might go to four and the Knicks like moved down or, or like just they traded for 22 so that way if they had to move from eight and 22 20, to 23, some, but who's, who's what, thank you. Necessary correction. Um, eight and 23 to a spot that they, they would have to get him at six or get him at seven. They would. And it never happened because like CAA worked their magic and these teams want to have good relationships with CAA. So they'll leave this guy alone. I don't see Jaden Ivy dropping 11 spots in order for that to happen. There are, I guess, seven spots in order for that to happen. So he's there at 11. So Look, his his quotes today, his interviews that he gave today about how he hasn't worked out for Sacramento and like 
he realistically sees himself like as New York as a possibility. The Bondi article. The- it's the way he said it. Yeah. Like he he left no doubt. I mean, he, look, I, I, I'm, I'm comfortable reading between the lines. He sounded like a guy who wants to be a Nick. Yeah, I agree. I, I think he th- this is a real thing that could happen, which is why. I will shamelessly plug the most recent cap or no cap that John and Jeremy did. Uh, the Jaden Ivy plan, um, the John Collins rumors to the Kings were also out there, which were fascinating when you look at Jeremy's hypothetical trade uh, that was out there today. Um, I uh, Jeremy's going to be doing a, a cap rules, everything around me cream this week. I'm sure you're going to berate him with, hypothetical Kyrie stuff, but also hypothetical Jaden Ivey stuff uh, on Wednesday. And this could turn out to be a pretty eventful draft night for us, John. Uh, I think it will be. It it is just, man. It's (laughs) we've had, we've had Donovan Mitchell. We've had Jalen Bronson. We've had, it's Jaden Ivey. It's Kyrie Irving. I mean, it's all going to end with Malcolm Brock. <laughs> Don't get, listen, I, I shouldn't say that. I just want it noted for the record. That was also in the athletic report today that mm-hmm. the Knicks are interested. One of the teams potentially interested in Malcolm Brogdon. I still do not believe they would give up 11 straight up to trade for Malcolm Brogdon, but. What what if it is all a smokescreen and this name I keep teasing you with that the Knicks end up with Russ? We should do for for <laughs> our what's the net? Well, we got Was coming on later uh, later this week. Well, maybe the next intro we'll count down our 10, 10 most likely starting point guard options. Most likely or least likely? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's a Russell Russell comes in. <laughs> Man, um, oh, can I ask gracious. one last question before we sure, go? Yeah, please. So, personal feelings aside, if the Knicks end up in some type of deal for Kyrie Irving, mm-hmm. and then that's the Julius Randall trade. So the, so the Randall part of this is fascinating, and I actually don't know. I, I mean, literally, flip a coin in terms of do the Knicks trading for Kyrie Irving make it more likely that Julius stays or less likely that Julius stays? And obviously the, the, that those questions, that's all intertwined because Randall, I, I, I I'll say this. I don't think it's insane to think that the Nets would want Julius Randall in a, in a trade. Mm-hmm. If, if Kyrie was coming this way, I mean, maybe they don't, I just, I want to, I don't think it's insane to put that out there. Um, so basically you're asking me what I feel better about the trade if Randall goes. If out. that's how Julius Randall's the Knicks get a point guard, Obi starting at the four. Like the, the Nets were a fun team that first year with Atkinson when Kyrie was doing his stuff and he just had a bunch of like Levert and Dinwiddie and Jared Allen around him. I it would be an easier sell. Okay. All right. We've gotten to easier sell, folks. How do you see this playing out, by the way? What what do you eventually see happening? Um, The Clippers thing is interesting Hmm. because the Clippers have like the Clippers have real stuff and like, I I don't know. We we just saw a team win an NBA championship with one I, I, we don't. We don't. We don't need to get into this whole. 
star, superstar, blah, blah, blah. Like, go follow us on Patreon. Go look, go sign up for Patreon if you no, want to. I mean, look, look, on the it's, finals. It, yeah. it's Steph and everybody around him played their role. Can mm-hmm. we, right? Yes, I agree. We agree on that. Okay. Yes. We why, just do you hate An- why do you hate Andrew Wiggins? <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. We, <laughs> we, <laughs> we just saw a team win a championship like that. You know, again, I, have, I don't know what the Clippers would put on the table. Maybe they, I don't know. Maybe they don't want any part of, of Kyrie Irving. They have two shot creators, you know? Um, I, but if they did, and I, I think they could put together a real package. And the other thing about the nets is the nets are, are thin. They don't, they don't have depth. So like, and they have a bunch of open roster spots. So like a four for one trade, like you could do that. You could do a three for one trade, you could do a four for one trade. In addition to the fact that the Clippers do have some future uh, draft equity that they could toss in the deal to maybe seal it if they wanted to. Um, How far do they have to go? Don't because what about the Paul George trade? Don't they? So it, it, man, it's funny how things get, get old. They the the most future pick they've traded away is the 2026 first rounder. So if they wanted to, they could trade for it. Just as an example, they could trade a pick swap in 2027 and then a first round pick in 2028 with an option to defer to 2029. Okay. If they wanted to. So essentially you'd be giving, you could give Brooklyn or any team for that matter, the rights to control three years worth of your draft. When Man. Kyrie Irving and Paul George may, may no longer be Clippers. Like right. they could, they could make a, a very good offer if they want to. And I think if they did that and then you give those picks to Brooklyn and maybe that's enough draft ammo for Brooklyn to make like one more move. Um, like I, I don't know. If the Clippers wanted to do something like that, I would I would think about that if I were Brooklyn, but I I'm not Brooklyn, so can I just read a box score to you before we we go to Seth? Sure. Um, so this was on June seventh, twenty twenty one, in the Barclays Center. Um, Brooklyn one twenty five, Bucks eighty six. Uh, Giannis was a minus twenty two. Chris Middleton a minus thirty, and Drew Holiday a minus twenty seven. Uh, Durant had 32 points on 18 shots. Kyrie 22 on 17. Uh, the Nets won by 39 points at home to take a 2-0 lead on Milwaukee Bucks. And Unbelievable. Since that moment, they lost four of the next five to Milwaukee. And then uh, it, the James Harden asked for a trade. And Kyrie and his, his stance against science... Uh, and all of the things that have happened to that franchise since how quickly things can turn in this, uh, in this league. I'll say this. I, I'm not going to say like the Nets would be the greatest team never to like the greatest never was mm-hmm. uh, in NBA history, because I would really have to think about that. And just even off the top of my head, like the Nash Suns, like that was a fucking team, like capital T team. Like they were yeah. great and they never won. And that's a shame. But I will say just in terms of like perception, like league wide perception in terms of like what this team could achieve and what they likely would achieve. I do think it would be the greatest disappointment in NBA history. It's up there. I mean, the, the amount of things that they traded away, like all the culture that Katie said he went there for, and then all of a sudden Atkinson fired all the young kids traded for Harden, then Harden traded for Ben Simmons. Yeah. Like all that's gone. You know, they mortgaged the, They And look, if you read the, the Sullivan book, um, like they basically gave these two to these three guys, the keys to running a, a basketball franchise. Yep. You don't talk about player empowerment. This is yep. player in, employment. They basically said, go, 
But you are you now run the Nets. You now it, own, run own and run a franchise, and it has just it seems like it's completely backfired on him. And again, it all has to go into the conversation about Kyrie. Mm-hmm. You cannot separate that part of it from. You can't just say, "Yo, take that out of it." Let's just focus on the basketball. I can't do it. Yeah, you can't do it. Which is why me, you, most of Nick's Twitter, it seems like our stance against Irving. You know, people around the league may look at it as like a little ridiculous. Like you're the Knicks, and you're saying you don't want this guy. Give me a fucking break. But like, I, I just, it's just not, it's just not a good idea. Yeah, it's not a good idea. All right, um, that was fun. Glad we got all that out. Yes, uh, therapy sessions here. Therapy for the session. Kyrie yes. Irving therapy session. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey guys, quick break to tell you about our new sponsor, HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh offers the flexibility you need with customizable orders every week. You can add extra proteins and sides, change up the serving size when you have guests, or just double up on your favorite recipes so your box works harder for you. You can easily change your delivery days or food preferences or skip a week whenever you need. Feeding the whole family has never been easier with larger box sizes for more servings and more savings. 
HelloFresh also offers convenient, contact-free delivery right to your doorstep for easy home cooking with the family. The recipes are easy to follow and quick to make, with steps and pictures to guide you along the way. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips, so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes or less. HelloFresh is 30% cheaper than shopping at your local grocery store. Plus, you skip the checkout lines. Try our quick and easy meals, which include 15 to 20 minute dinners, breakfast on the go, and 10 minute lunches in HelloFresh Market. Perfect for your busy schedule. Enjoy restaurant quality meals for less in the comfort of your own home. HelloFresh's gourmet recipes like balsamic fig sirloin are over 72% cheaper than an average restaurant meal. Look, guys, I don't have to tell you how busy I can be with all the work I do for Nick's Film School as well as my show Final Review. My fiance is just as busy, and when that question comes up every night, what do you want for dinner, rarely do we both have answers. Well, we've actually been customers of HelloFresh for over a year, and we're thrilled when we found out about the sponsorship. Not only is the food delicious, but it's convenient to make and takes away that simple anxiety of what you're going to have for dinner that night. They send you a week's worth of meals, you cook them, you prepare them, you eat them, and then by the weekend, a new box for the following week shows up. It's that simple. Go to HelloFresh.com slash FilmSchool16 and use promo code FilmSchool16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash FilmSchool16 and use promo code FilmSchool16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Joining me now on the Knicks Film School podcast, he is the face of college hoops for CBS Sports, a senior writer for The Athletic covering college basketball and also the author of Wooden, A Coach's Life. Uh, if you have watched sports over the last, oh, I don't know, 20 years or so, you will know very well Seth Davis. Hello, sir. We're making me feel old, but I'm, I am old, so that's OK. How you guys doing? We're doing good. Listen, you, you, for as much traveling around and like, you know, all the stuff you have to do to cover an entire sport full time, I'd say you look pretty good. You're, you're aging well. I haven't worked a day in my life. And believe me, I'm not breaking my streak with this podcast. <laughs> um, well, we appreciate you coming on. Um, I know your time is valuable. So. Sorry about that. Uh, uh, no problem. So I'll get right into it. Um, well, I, I want to. I'm putting up a mock draft because I know you want to talk about the draft and these pop up ads. This is why everybody listening should subscribe to the Athletic because we don't have pop up ads. I uh, Fred Katz, uh, who covers uh, the Knicks now for the Athletic, is a a KFS regular. I always sing the Athletic's praises on here because it's, it's, it's the best sports coverage out there. Um, yeah. Uh, so. There's been a lot of talk of late uh, about several teams, including the Knicks, trying to trade up for one Jaden Ivey. Um, you've obviously seen Ivey now, uh, as we all have for a couple of years, really ascended to a more prominent stage this season. Um, with the understanding that, you know, the comparisons to like John Morant do him a disservice because it's, you know, not the same player. Um, do you think he has that? kind of certain something special that you can't put words to where if you're a team like the Knicks and you are in need of a star that he's the guy that maybe you should bank on and give up what it would take to go get him? Well, I'd say he has that potential. I mean, the the John Morant comparison, I think is it misses the mark. First of all, just from an athletic 
and uh, agility standpoint, John Moran is is in, truly in a class by himself. If you wanted to talk about physically, athletically, stylistically, body type, I think Russell Westbrook is a better comparison. Either way, you're getting a, a great athlete. But John Moran is a true point guard. Yeah. Uh, Jay and Ivy is not. And so if there's one thing that gives me a little bit of pause uh, about him as as an NBA player, it's it's that um, that he is a, a combo guard who can create. Um, but he's a scorer. Uh, he's uh, more of a scorer than a shooter. Um, his shooting definitely got better from freshman to sophomore year. So that was impressive. You'd like to see guys getting better. Um, you know, they lost twice in the NC tournament earlier than they should have maybe. So, you know, they lost to um, uh, St. Peter's and then uh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on who they lost to when he was a freshman, they lost in the first round. They got upset. Yeah. Um, but uh so that gives you a little bit of pause, but he, he is, you know, like I, I, I do this column every year that's coming out on Monday where I talk to a bunch of every, a uh, bunch of NBA scouts. I'm excited for that one. I always, yeah, that's, that's, my Finch <laughs> column. that's my world popular Finch column comes out on Monday. And, and, and the number one thing that everybody says when I throw out the name, Jaden Ivey, best athlete in the draft. And, you know, when you're talking about uh, the NBA, especially at the two or the three, that's really what it comes down to. It's not, it's not, look, there are certain guys, you know, a guy like maybe Jalen Brunson comes to mind that aren't, you know, these great vertical athletes, but if you want to be a, a superstar, all-star, a guy who's potentially going, you know, fourth in the draft, third in the draft, um, then athletically you need to be at a certain level at that position. And, and, and he certainly is. So, uh, you know, his, his mom is a women's basketball coach at Notre Dame. He's grown up around the game, a uh, high character kid. And, um, and we'll see. I think he'd play well in New York. I think I think his style of play, his strength, his athleticism, getting him out in the open court um, will be really exciting for those fans in the garden. So I could definitely see that. I could definitely see that. Yeah. And that, that other team you were searching for, North Texas, uh, definitely there you go. not, there a, you go. not there a team. You go. they, they it's, early out here in, it's early out here in L.A. I got my, <laughs> uh, my coffee going. So the, the synapses aren't firing. It's, it, trust me, it's all good. I have my share of blankings. Um, so you mentioned good transition. You mentioned uh, athlete and you mentioned uh, coaches, coaches, kid, good transition to AJ Griffin. Uh, obviously coaches, kid uh, coach that Tom Thibodeau knows pretty well. Um, and then, you know, the concept of athleticism is something that I really struggle with when I watch the tape of AJ Griffin, because just looking at the way he moves and you look at the injury history, if you were, you know, considering him as a, as a pick and he may be there at 11 for the Knicks. You don't have to trade up. What do you make of a guy like that? Who just, you know, he, you look at how teams are moving. Like with the finals just ended last night, teams, you know, defenders flying around the floor. I'm really concerned about his ceiling on that end of the court. Um, so what, what would you make of AJ Griffin? Yeah. You, that, that's the word I would think about him is, is his ceiling. I think his ceiling um, is not as high, frankly, as some of these other prospects who could go later uh, in the draft. Um, you know, again, you do have to keep in mind that he basically missed his last two years of high school. He played some yep. as, as, as a junior and then he got to Duke and he tweaked his knee again. So he kind of got a little bit of a late start. Now, once he was in the fold and once he was, uh, playing well and healthy, he made a huge difference um, for that team. For that team. So, um, you know, you love his size and you love his shooting stroke. I think he shot 45% from three. Of course, it's the college line. So he brings some things to the table, but he is not a, a high. I mean, we're talking about Jaden Ivey. I mean, no one was really a Jaden Ivey in, in this draft, but you know, you could look at, I'm just looking at one of these mock drafts um, right now at some of these other players 
kind of in that vein, like a, a guy like Jeremy Sohan, who's yep. climbing up the the, the ranks. Jalen Duran um, from Memphis is kind of a wild child, but a freak uh, size and, and, and a great athlete. Um, AJ's teammate, Mark Williams, um, sure. yep. doesn't do as many things uh, well as, as Griffin does, but the things that Mark Williams does well, he does exceptionally well. So if AJ Griffin is going to take the next step as a pro, and there's no reason he can't take this step. He's going to need to be able to create off the dribble. Now he's a big kid uh, for his position. He's uh, listed as what? Six, six, probably six. Yeah. He's listed yeah six, six, two twenty five. I mean, he's, yeah, he's solid. So he's probably six, five uh, <laughs> yeah. as, as Clark Kellogg calls it program height. Okay. Uh, <laughs> So uh, really good size for his position and and a really good stroke. And, hey, you know, there are a lot of really good NBA players who are kind of playing in space and keeping their hands ready and, and making a lot of money and, and being very effective as a catch and shoot. I don't think AJ will ever be an NBA all-star, um, but, you know, he, he's going to have to develop that part of his game, putting it on the deck, creating scoring in a lot of ways. You know, at college, he was very much a straight line driver and a catch and shoot three point shooter. It's gotten him this far. It's got him, you know, pretty much in, in, in the back of the lottery as a, as a freshman in college, but for him to take that next step, that's what he's going to have to improve on. And, you know, you mentioned the Finch piece, which I'm so excited to read when it posts on Monday, um, you know, talking to all of the, you know, the, the guys who watch these. I, I remember some great lines you've had from pieces in the past. How much do you think when NBA evaluators are trying to figure out what type of work ethic a guy has and will he put in the work to get from whatever they are now to that next level. How much uh, do you think they put into what all of these college, you know, evaluated or people who have watched them, you know, in, in college have to say. They are always digging on that. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a, a great question, John, because that, that to me, that's the thing that you can't, ever know, you know, like yeah. I looked at a guy like, uh, you know, Donovan Mitchell, you know, he came, Great out example. Of, he came out of Louisville, you know, that he was just an athlete and not much more. So you say, wow, he's got potential, but I mean, nobody could have foreseen what he was able to uh, improve upon. To me, the classic case of somebody who exceeded the expectations that I had for him coming out of college is Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> I bet. How did I know you were going to say Kawhi? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he's at the top of my life. I watch him. I'm like, I just, I mean, even Steph, you know, they, they won the, the championship obviously last night and um, he exceeded expectations, but it was kind of within the realm that he would be a great NBA player because he was such a good scorer and such a wizard with the ball. Kawhi didn't have any of that. So that really is the work that goes into the draft, the evaluating the video, all of us can do that. You know, now maybe they have a longer basis of comparison, you know, they're quote unquote experts, but they, you know, they miss out on guys just, just like we would, you know, and, and, and that's the differentiator who's going to improve. Um, it, it, that, that's the scary thing because you just really, you just really can't tell, you know, there's another guy in, in this draft, Kendall Brown coming out oh, of there. Sure. I was quite surprised how down the scouts were on Brown because he's a, he's an elite level NBA athlete, but he's got no ball skills. But to me, that is something that you can learn over time. Uh, what he does athletically, you can't learn, but they were very down on him. They're like, man, he scares me. Like he's one of those guys, like you're scared to pick him. You're scared to not pick him. So um, they spend a lot of time uh, trying to 
figure out how these these players, um, you know, their family histories, uh, their psychological makeup, who do they have around them? The interview process is important to them. Uh, the workouts are important to them to see how they respond in, in a lot of different situations. But at the end of the day, it's a big old guessing game. And there's a lot on the line with these guesses. Yeah, millions and millions of dollars in organizational futures. That's, you know, right. only that. Um, I was thinking about this, you know, what you're talking about now when I was going back and reading your your all glue team from this year. And I think Dalen Terry was the captain yep. this year. Yet another Wildcat to, to get that designated. You love those Wildcats on your glue teams. Of course. Uh, uh, is there a guy that you've seen this year where you're like, he's going to out outdo his expectations based on where he's drafted, just based on whether it's work ethic or like behind the scenes stuff that you've seen or heard. Well, it probably doesn't quite fit because I know he's going to be picked real high. And as long as we're talking about the Arizona Wildcats, I'll, I'll stay with it. But, you know, I got, I got laughed off the NBA TV set many years ago. If you ever had my man, Steve Smith on this podcast, <laughs> because I said, is if it, is it possible to be the number one overall pick and still be underrated? And I was talking about Kyrie Irving. And I said, within mm-hmm. the next, within the next five years, Kyrie Irving will be one of the top five point guards in the NBA. So I was even underselling what he eventually became. Now his, his character issues. Yeah, I was about to say, we could, that, that's a separate. Not the best example right yeah. now, but in terms of his talent, sure. uh, you know, I, I was spot on. So, you know, to me, Ben Matherin, um, he has a makeup about him that I think is really impressive. And I go back to the game that they played against TCU oh. in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. And if, if you want to see one play, it was, it was towards the end of uh, regulation where um, he grabbed an offensive rebound surrounded by, I was, I was just um, writing about it for some of our, we're going to uh, publish some draft profiles on uh, draft night at, at the athletic of these guys. Once oh, they're fantastic. I, I went back and watched, watched the video of this again. Uh, he was literally surrounded by four TCU players and it was the end of the game. And he just ripped that rebound in the middle of, of these guys and put it back in and, and got fouled, missed the free throw. But uh, it, it was that competitive instinct. He actually started off the game two for nine and ended up with 30 points. So to me, high, high level athlete, I think along the lines of a Jaden Ivy, probably a little bit bigger, mm-hmm. um, interesting background. And again, I, I don't know if this is biased, but, you know, I did, I did an in-depth feature on him for the athletic where I really dug into, you know, he grew up in uh, Montreal in a really rough neighborhood. Dad wasn't around. Mom was kind of in and out a little bit, Um, had an older brother, older sister played for North Carolina state and then had an older brother who he's very close with was hit by a car and killed when he was, when he was 12, when the brother was 12. So he he's been through it, man. And then he ended up going to the NBA Academy in Mexico city, which really saved him. So um, he's had to, much come a long way and he's had to show a lot of toughness and resilience. He's got a great stroke. He's got to improve his, his uh, playmaking and creating skills. But again, to your earlier question, John, about work ethic, the ability to improve, like I, I, I think it could end up, I, I think Ben Matherin could be like a Donovan Mitchell. I mean, I think he could be that level of, Oh, wow. In the, in the, uh, NBA. Yeah. Another uh, two footed leaper, uh, a reader of mine made that comment that try to draw that comparison. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I like it. Unfortunately, I think Ben's gonna gonna be gone before the the next pick, but we'll yes. we'll see. Yeah, uh, as as he should. Um, a couple more, and then uh, we'll we'll get you out of here. Uh, another guy I'm just very curious about because of the type of season he had, where he came out of the gate 
um, just blazing as a sophomore at Wisconsin. Obviously, I'm talking about Johnny Davis. And then the year kind of went a different direction, a little bit maybe because of injuries and stuff. It, when you see a guy who is a shot maker of that caliber at the college level, what is your process when you, and again, I know this is not your, your job per se, but when, when you try to, you know, visualize what they're going to be when the defensive talent gets that much more difficult and like all of that stuff at the, at the pro level, what do you see in Johnny Davis in terms of his, maybe his ceiling, his floor, any, anywhere you want to go on that? Yeah, I, I do see a ceiling. I do see a ceiling. Um, you know, he is one of those guys that you kind of wonder about how is he going to translate to the NBA level? Um, he, he's a good enough athlete. But again, we're talking about a, a shooting guard slash small forward, probably closer to shooting guard. Um, I mean, those are some of the best athletes in the world, right? Yep. I mean, it's one, two, three position in, in, in the NBA. And I don't know that he's at that level. You know, this is a question. Can you guard your position? That's going to be a question with him. Uh, his, you know, we know about his scoring going up from freshman to sophomore year, but his three point shooting actually went down. He shot 39% as a freshman and 31%. Uh, as, as a sophomore. Now, one of the things that I look at because I know NBA scouts look at this is the free throw shooting and he is a 79% free throw shooter. So that tells you that uh, he has the mechanics, he has the strokes. Now he needs to adjust that to the, the NBA line. Uh, and he, again, a very high character kid. Um, so you, you have to assume, I certainly assume um, that, that he'll put in the time. Um, but, you know, I also kind of fall back to this and, and Jalen Brunson is a great example of this guys who are like, player of the year candidates in college, they ended up being pretty good pros. I remember, <laughs> yeah. I remember this probably before you were born, you know, cause you're young and I don't like you. Uh, <laughs> I'm not that young. Trust me. Antoine Jameson. Oh, I listen. I remember okay. Antoine and UNC. Sure. North Carolina. I remember people being like that. I don't know. I'm like, he was the best player in college basketball. I think he's going to figure out a way. And he turned out to be a really, really good pro. 20,000 so, points later. Yeah. 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 He's another <laughs> pro. So, you know, these are guys. And, and again, I love guys who got better. I mean, look, people were down in Luca Garza. I think he had a, a solid rookie rookie season with a lot of promise, adjusted his body accordingly. So I think they make adjustments. Look, if you're at that position, the number one thing is we, we, we saw this with our current NBA champions. You got to shoot that three pointer. You got to make that three pointer consistently against NBA level defense. You got to be able to shoot it deep. Uh, Johnny Davis knows that. I'll bet while you and I are are pretending like we're we're busy right now, uh, he, he's he's in a gym somewhere getting up shots because uh, he had that improvement. You know, guys, the, the scouts love to see guys who have already improved, and so he made a huge jump from his freshman and sophomore year. And if he adds that NBA three. He does have that create. We're talking about AJ Griffin now. I mean, he does that have creation in between game. He's got a nice big body, a live body. And, yep. you know, in a lot of ways in the NBA, it's, a, it's easier to get your shot off. Uh, than uh, for sure. Shorter shot clock and it's a more wide open game. So I think he'll be a successful pro, but he like just about everybody in this draft. He's got steps to take. Uh, last guy, I want perfect transition. Last guy I want to ask you about is a guy who certainly shot it well, certainly improved over uh, not one, not two, but four years of college. And oh, by the way, he got a nice shiny trophy for his trouble. Um, and that's like Baji out of Kansas. I just came in with the Knicks for a workout uh, the other day. It seems like if the Knicks have a type, uh, at least under Tom Thibodeau, it's hey, this guy could come in, he could perform on an NBA floor today. Um, 
maybe there's a limited ceiling, but what, uh, what do you make of him uh, potentially as, as a pro? And what did you like or not like about him in college? Well, again, you know, when you say Kansas and, and this type of player, I was like huge on Ben, La- Ben McLemore. And that was way. Um, so keep that, keep that in mind. Uh, there's a lot to like about Abaji. It's so funny to me talking about how, how old I am. Uh, um, you know, oh, he's he's a senior and he's a, he's a, he's a completed, but he's twenty two or whatever. He's, like, he's a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, how about you? You want to keep in the, in, in the Kansas thing? How, how about our guy Andrew Wiggins and how he is? He's twenty seven and yeah. he's just he's just figuring out like, oh, this is this is how hard I have to play. You know, so. Uh, to me, Ochai Abaji is still a work in process. He's got a terrific shooting stroke. He's a really good athlete. I mean, he is a high, he may not be Jada Ivy, but I think he's a little bit underrated um, with his athlete. You know, one of my scouts said, I wonder about his, his functional athleticism. I think he'll, he'll develop that. But I mean, you're talking about a guy who goes, what, uh, you know, six, five, 200, 210. Um, he's got all the makings and he's a very, very high character kid. Got better four years in college. Again, is he an all-star? You know, maybe not, but I wouldn't I wouldn't count him out. I wouldn't count him out. Again, he was an all-American in college, and those guys usually go on to have long and successful pro careers. Uh last question before I get you out of here. Very quick one. Yeah, you're running an NBA team. Who's your top pick? Interesting because again, for my Finch column, uh with, with all of the uh debate. Oh, the, you know, conversation, who's going to be number? There was no debate amongst my guys. All of them were, were like Jabari Smith, like don't even hesitate. Yeah. So that sways me. That sways me. But I can make a very strong case for Chet. I actually lean Chet. I actually. Really? Lean. Oh, wow. OK. Yeah, I, I would have, you know, it's like <laughs> these guys say to me, they say, well, would you bet your would you bet your job on on him? And I say, no, but I bet your job on him. <laughs> um, you know, to me. Chet, if John, if you go back and look at Chet's stats for the year, if you go oh. from, I, I want to say maybe late December ish to like the third week of February, he shot like 50% from three. I mean, he is a ridiculous shooter. Now, I think when, when they got to the end of the season, the teams got better, obviously, that he was playing against. And frankly, I think he puckered up a little bit uh-huh. um, and, and didn't quite have the confidence in his stroke. But again, for a seven, one guy when he's going to have wide open three point shots. Cause you can see he's going to be guarded by fours and fives. You can't, oh, yeah. be, you can't be six ten, six eleven, and close out hard on Chet Holmgren um, from behind the three point line. And so he gives every indication that, that he can do that. He can obviously put it on the deck. He can handle and pass in the open floor. And then what he does have, which Jabari doesn't is the defensive dimension around the rim. And people talk about Chet's body, but you know, Jabari Smith ain't no Adonis. He's like a KD. I mean, KD's not yeah. a strong kid. And, and so in today's NBA, uh, Chet Holmgren really has a chance to be, you know, I mean, you hate to throw like a Luka Doncic at him. Obviously, they're different types of players, different body makeup. But this thing about Chet's body, I don't see him getting physically banged around a lot. It's it's more about his his durability, right? Like that's a question of sure. Zion Williamson. No one's oh. worried about Zion Williamson being physically overpowered in the NBA, but over an 82 game season, X number of games NBA. Will he playoff, break down? Yeah. X number of years. How that's the question 
with Chet. But in terms of his body, his skill set, and the defensive component, I, I, I lean Chet. But I'm glad I don't have to make that decision. <laughs> if I had to make that decision, I might. I would probably take Jabari because he's the safer pick. Um, no one's going to rip you for taking Jabari over Chet. You're not losing your job if you take if you no, take Jabari. No, but I I, I kind of lean Chet. I do. Okay. Thank you. Well, I appreciate your honesty. Uh, yeah. Listen, I usually ask guests where, where folks could find them. Everybody knows where to find you. CBS, like you said, athletic. I cannot wait for the Finch com. It is just, it's like, it's a like Christmas morning when that thing comes out. Cause there's always some like, man, how did you, I know it's anonymous, but like, how did you get people to say some of the stuff that people, Oh, inevitably, inevitably, I'm sure this year is going to be no exception. Uh, can you tell folks where are they going to be able to follow you on draft night, watch you somewhere? Where, where are you going to be? Well, I am probably going to be uh, in New York City getting ready to take my uh, one of my sons to summer camp, which was oh, our okay. <laughs> shout out to Barry Craver. Um, I'll, I'll be on, I'll be on Twitter. I'll be on. Twitter. OK, I'm not on TV, but but we're going to be the athletic uh, on draft night. We're going to have all these uh, sort of medium sized profiles of all of the draft prospects. So as soon as the Knicks make their pick. We're going to have 900 words from me or somebody else uh, about who this player is and where he came from and what he brings to that team. So the athletic is a, is, is the place to be on draft night. I say it every time I have an athletic writer on, um, they're always running deals. You get it for like a dollar a month. Uh, It's crazy. And it's not only local coverage of, of the Knicks, but again, Seth, your piece, uh, the Finch piece, there's all kinds of great scouting stuff going from the last month from like David Aldridge, other guys who are getting behind the scenes things from from pro scouts, college scouts. It's fantastic. Seth Davis, I cannot thank you enough for spending a few appreciate minutes coming you guys. up. Good luck. Go Knicks. Go New York. Go New York. <laughs> thank, go. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right, John. Thanks. Be well. Seth, thank you. Man. All right. Thanks, Andrew. You got it, pal. Be well. All right. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Seth Davis. Uh, I certainly did. He's great. Uh, definitely go. If you're not following him, follow him and, and check out all of his stuff on The Athletic. Um, he uh, he just does great work. Uh, and uh, yeah, stay tuned for more content. We got Jonathan Wasserman coming up this week. We got a draft live stream coming up. You can check that out on the Knicks Film School YouTube channel. Um, and then that'll be available on podca- podcast form the next day. Uh, I'm sure we'll get some other surprises up. And then before we know it, we'll be into free agency, trade season, the whole thing. Uh, that's it. Hope you enjoyed. Talk to you soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.